BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Consequence Podcast Network. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hi, this is Brian. And this is Nikki from Silver Sun Pickup. And what are they listening to? You're listening to Story Behind the Song on Consequence. Right. Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Story Behind the Song, the Consequence Podcast Network series where I interview the artists behind some of the most iconic, memorable, and lasting songs of the past few decades. I'm your host, Peter Chotti of Creative Media, and each month I dive deep into two songs with my guests. In this episode, I speak with Brian O'Bear and Nikki Moninger of the great gritty guitar band Silver Sun Pickups, another personal favorite. The band just recently released its sixth studio album, Physical Thrills, produced by the legendary Butch Vig of Garbage. It's an album that marks an adventurous and intentional departure of sorts. Its first single, Scared Together, sets the overall tone brilliantly. Is that really a talk box that lead singer, songwriters, and guitarist Aubert features on it? The answer is an absolute and unapologetic yes. The path to physical thrills started in 2006, of course, with the band's first studio album, Carnivus, and its breakout and now iconic track, Lazy Eye, which has become a rock and roll music staple over these past 15 years. Why the titles Lazy Eye and Carnivus, and why Silver Sun Pickups? You may think you know, but you likely don't. I didn't, but now you will. And to think that none of this would have ever happened if Aubert didn't see a young woman sitting across the aisle from him on a flight to the UK, pilfering a small bottle of booze from the flight attendant's drink cart. That young woman just happened to be Nikki Moninger, Brian's future bandmate, and that observation led to their signature sound you hear today in yet another legendary rock and roll twist of fate on top of that twist of lemon with Nikki's gin. You will hear all about that too in this episode. And as always, we discuss two songs. First, Lazy Eye, of course. Was there any doubt? And Brian and Nikki picked Scared Together to be the second song, which was the perfect fit as the two of them took the interview on the road from their rooms in a hotel known to be haunted. And that spooky vibe carried over to imbibe every aspect of our interview, including a few technical glitches that we overcame. This was one of my personal favorites. Brian and Nikki were thoughtful, playful, funny, and downright lazy eye opening, not to mention humble. Amazingly talented and amazingly grateful to their fans about all of the success they have had. So take a listen as we dive into this latest revealing story behind the song episode with Brian O'Bear and Nikki Moninger of Silver Sun Pickups. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone. <laughs> that was the voice, the laugh of Brian O'Bear of Silver Sun Pickups. And I'm joined today from or by Brian and Nikki Moninger Hello. of the great band Silver Sun Pickups, which, as I was telling Nikki beforehand, Brian, mm-hmm. you're one of my favorite bands. I've seen you oh, so many times no, over the years. Oh, no, 
That's true. I'm, I'm not just saying that. Oh, it's you're true. so nice. And I saw you just recently, as I was telling Nikki, at Bottle Rock, and I saw the big show, and I also saw the small little show. Mm-hmm. So it's great to have you on. What did you think of Bottle Rock's a, a, such an interesting affair, isn't it? Yeah. It's- Listen, <laughs> I, we, my wife and I actually drove our van up and did the van life thing oh, where, for Bottle where Rock are you this living? time from San Diego. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful up there. It's a beautiful it's festival. It's a whole other world. Yeah. The only other festival that we love in North America that we, it reminds me of a little bit, but in a different way is the Oceaga in Montreal. That is hands down our favorite festival to play at. It's so magical. So yes. magical. And it's kind of, I feel like it's a sort of similar size as Bottle Rock. Do you think Nick or is it way bigger? Um, I don't remember the sizes, but they both are it, magical. And because it's sort of kitty corners up with Lollapalooza in Chicago. So it seems smaller because it's sort of the same weekend, but we love it. But if we're a little edgy right now, it's because uh, we're in a we're in the Eldridge Hotel in Lawrence, Kansas. That's apparently very haunted to the point where the Wi-Fi password is Ghost Twenty Twelve. <laughs> and so, oh, I love that. <laughs> now, I I am not a believer in ghosts. I believe in. I think that there are things that we don't quite understand. I think ghosts is like a limiting way to do it, and I think ghosts wouldn't just be hanging out in haunted places. Having said that, I, I'm very worried about Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> How did you do I last did night? I out it's supposed, to be, it's supposed to be a nice ghost, but I did have to sleep with the lights on and the television on. Mm-hmm. I saw Rocky. Come on. The lights really? and the no, TV on. <laughs> I just, what about uh, okay so you have you know. to explain more because ghosts yeah, don't that. like ghosts don't like tv so they hate know. it Actually. famously famously <laughs> two things they can't stand light and tv <laughs> that's awesome and then it that's why there hasn't been like a ghost, ghost scene like... since the 50s <laughs> <laughs> but i did think it was funny because it said the ghost likes to turn the air conditioning on and i'm like well it automatically goes on so that there was a couple holes that (laughs) really is a personality trait that tells me that this ghost is just a good old grandpa because that's such a grandpa move just roll up and keep turning the putts in with the air conditioner make sure (laughs) (laughs) he wants to make sure damn kids with the thermostat (laughs) well you made it safe and sound our drummer christopher who's not with us right now he's actually in the haunted haunted room 506 so what happened in 506? I think... Sounds very Shining-esque. It had a little Shining... We just actually played a Shining-y place, didn't we? Yeah. That, Which um, place? That, that Masonic <laughs> la- Lodge in... Um, oh, yes. In Wichita. In Wichita. We felt pretty good coming off of that stage because everything got thrown we made at it us. Online. All of... Everything was breaking down. <laughs> I had my guitar tech, Dan, my main man was like doing weird things, trying to patch together stuff, hitting things, guessing when things would happen. And it was, became a real challenge. And I was really proud of us for making it sort of yeah. appear like a show that worked. <laughs> <laughs> but that place did not At want us. End, my, my, my guitar strap broke, which oh, has never that. done before. And I was just trying to... I looked over at Nikki. Oh, I sit I, down on the ground? <laughs> I looked over at you and I thought, well, you're, you're coming off this show pretty clean. And then I went, boop. <laughs> <laughs> that's rock and roll so right fun. there yeah, I was, I was I very, mean, come on. we were very proud of ourselves for pulling that off I bet yeah. I bet and so you are in a haunted Shot place right now mm-hmm. and that's perfect Love it. actually for today since we're going to be talking about two different songs okay. in the story behind the song including Scared Together mm-hmm. so like that's a great little segue into that but we'll we will get into that so Everybody, I'm just, uh, you know that I'm with Brian and I'm with Nikki. Yep. Great band. That was a segue um, master move. Yeah, thank you very much. I thought much. it was. We, we, we try here at Story Behind the Song. Yeah. Um, but we talk about two songs. Okay. And we talk about one of your most iconic songs. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've wanted to talk to you guys about Lazy Eye for a long time. And I just learned why the name of the album is Carnivus. Mm. I didn't know Speaking that Speaking about my grandpa. <laughs> You know, um, yeah, that's it's it. There's one, my uncle P 
Peely in Hawaii is still around. Um, Carnivus is my mother's maiden name. They're all from uh, Hawaii, except for my grandfather was from the South, and he his mom was Greek and came to America and changed the Carnivus from a K to a C. Mm. And that's why it, it appears to be just sort of a weird word. <laughs> and it was my way of keeping the name alive. You know, my uncle still has it, but once he's gone, that's it. So there's a record of it, which makes me happy. When we were in Greece, when we played there, people knew that. They said, oh, yeah, you guys changed it to a C. <laughs> and we didn't do it, but, you know, America did. <laughs> <laughs> they did it to us. No, that's very cool. Like, I love that little touch yeah. about having this conversation because I have followed your music from the very beginning. I remember the very wow. first time I was, I heard lazy eye. I was actually driving around in Silicon Valley mm. and I remember listening to the song and, and immediately, obviously it's an immediate hook and mm. has become a classic and all wow. that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. So like, that's the beauty of music. Mm. And, but I didn't know the name of the album was, a personal thing like that, I had no idea. So well, I think when thank you. I think we, especially then, maybe a little less now, but at the time, um, if we could check two boxes, meaning um, have something that it sounds like its own thing and a weird word, and maybe even I don't know, like some pretentious thing we made up or something. If it does that, but we have a direct answer to it. If it gets those two boxes, then we're pretty thrilled. Because <laughs> people are just like, what is that? <laughs> but and, you no, know, in our head, it's like our album, and it kind of has a lot of weird, I don't know. It's really, I think one of the proudest things that ever happened was when we played on David Letterman for the first time, and I just knew that my grandparents in Hawaii were watching, and the family, like a lot of the cousins and watching, and he said, Carnivus. <laughs> That's that, very that cool. That was pretty thrilling. I bet it was. Well, okay, so I'm going to ask you about that mm -hmm. first. How was it the first time you go on a major national show like that on Letterman? Oh. And, you know, David Letterman is not the easiest guy. Not in our, in our experience, we just were lucky because he, he liked us. And it was apparent and we, there's a lot of things about doing that show in particular, that first day with Letterman show. Cause we did it a couple of times, three times, I think. And then later it was Steven. Um, and we Dave, would see, we would see him watching our practice, which was so nice. When we'd come back for the you second know. go around, yeah, he'd be hiding up there and Paul would be hanging out. And after, like, it was like, after we played, he was just talking to us and then he left and then everybody there was just letting us know like whoa you guys he really david really liked you guys remember those random nikki those two yeah, random the, women that came out that were dressed as like they were dressed they as showgirls like vegas showgirls yeah and they were like yeah. david really loves you guys and then they <laughs> and then they went into the elevator and went to his thing we we're like what is this but it was amazing but we felt I don't really know if they were there every day we were really excited but what we learned really fast is um you know, what those things are and the perception of what those things are and what life is actually like. After we did that, yeah. we were so excited. And then we flew right back to this tour where we were chasing Wolf Mother. We had a van and they were in a big bus. And so we were trying to get from Texas to Portland and we had a little time. And the show that we recorded with Dave wasn't airing till the Friday. So it was still about four days away. We got caught in a blizzard. And our van was swirling and we were stuck in this dry county in Texas for like a day and a half or two days. I can't remember to the point where we had to then eventually once it subsided, subsided, get in the van and just drive straight to Portland, like from around Dallas area to make the show. Now we made the show now in my head. I'm like, it's just a show. <laughs> Everyone be safe. We saw cars flying off the road. It was wild, but yeah, right in front of us, the car just slid off right the off the road. It was really, so we were, we shouldn't wow. have been on the road. <laughs> so we were um, when it aired, all of our friends in Los Angeles, we 
our phones are just buzzing up, like calling, and they're all in their like cozy places having a little party to watch us, and we're hearing their voices, and they're like, oh, yeah, you guys, it's incredible, we're amazing, and we're just freezing in this van, just like shaking, <laughs> going, thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> the glamorous life yeah, yeah, of we're rock like, yeah. That sums it up pretty well. Yeah. And that's okay. But that that was an opening experience because right? they thought we were just like ha having a successful high five somewhere on the top of Eiffel Tower. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, just like, we're trying to get to the shows to open up for Wolf Mother. Uh, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it must have been an experience to meet with Dave. Uh, look, there's so many things that I want to ask you guys about. Um, but so your new, your latest album or your new album uh, is coming out, Friday. well, coming out in August, a little bit later in August. And it was produced by, by Butch Vig. Boy, B -B. And, mm -hmm. and Shirley Manson was just one of my recent guests, oh. like two episodes ago. So she was great. She's the best. So sweet. I love her. Garbage is another great band. Yeah. Another great uh, well, band. Well, also but, like getting garbage is, it, it, the culture capital of garbage is, grown to such an amazing degree that I'm so proud to see it, you know, like their best now probably and her as a so spokesperson and a, a front, a front person is just like, she's just perfect for right now. Authentic. Oh man. Authentic. Oh, Shirley's the best. She hates balloons for real. <laughs> and I put balloons all over the studio because uh, Billy, her husband, is Butch Vig's engineer, so we know Billy really well, and and uh, I put balloons all over in there, and Shirley walked in and uh, wrote on the balloon, "Fuck your balloons, Brian." <laughs> Love Shirley. <laughs> How can you hate balloons? But it, I think I think it's because it's at shows. It's a whole thing. But I just recently saw her at Hollywood Bowl where something did happen, and she went off about balloons, and I went, "Oh," because I was going to bring a balloon as a joke, <laughs> and I texted Billy like, yeah. "I'm glad I didn't bring that," but. I think uh, she doesn't want anything coming at her head. I understand that. Gotcha. Well, makes the sense. Balls that She's amazing. Have you talked to Butch yet? I have not. You, you're, you've got to. He's to be the nicest guy you've ever met. I'm in. Yeah, I would love to. Okay. Put, put in a good. Well, word. guess what? Coming up here right now, we got. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I want to get into, first of all, before we get into the first song, Lazy Eye, mm -hmm. uh, the story, just uh, how you two met, and I, th and th I think there's an airplane story mm -hmm. someplace. We were both on a study so, abroad trip, basically. She was yeah, at a different college. Yeah, tell me about it. She, you, um, well, go ahead, Nick. What you're... Oh, yeah, both of our colleges combined to do the study abroad program to Cambridge, England. England. So we... We, what uh, colleges? Just like a general, um, like we had a King's College teacher there, but it was like get a bunch of Americans over there, exchange them, and they kind of like do these classes basically for this YMCA thing. But you have like teachers come in, and we can kind of run around the yeah. town. So it wasn't like yeah, it's basically it for kids to have fun and visit Cambridge. You know, there's no cultural sort of thing. It was awesome, mm -hmm. but um, yeah, we met right before, and uh, we were on the plane. And then um, at the time, uh, you only had to be 18 to drink in England, but 21 right here, to I think it. we were like 19. Right to it. I love <laughs> and it. So I took, I took a, a whatever bottle. Um, Brian's, Brian, <laughs> I think it was, I don't know, so long ago, but um, Brian said I stole it, but technically they're free. Uh, I mean, stealing. they weren't. Like, I mean, I just mean it was like the way you went about I it. Snuck made me it. Laugh. it just I made me go it. like, oh, yeah. I, this is this person has a lot more layers um, than I assumed. Um, because and that's it's just, it's just like she was she was just looking away, and this little hand will go weep. <laughs> and whoop. I need to fly next to you. I know. Sounds great. Yeah. Next to the I think that's when you can still when you could still smoke on planes too. And they're like, Oh, you want oh. the smoking section? That's one. That one I don't back. remember. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I think I it was know. not, that's not true. <laughs> okay. So when she, when, when Nikki grabs that Brian and you see the layer <laughs> that you didn't expect, what's the next move? Well, the judgments on me, right? Uh, like what am I doing? Assuming about people from orange County and things like that, you know, 
Um, <laughs> I'm already like, I mean, I'm also sitting next to a guy we don't know who's a very close friend of ours still to this day. And one of the loveliest men we've known is Christopher Cafferty, but he looks like GI Joe. He's like six foot five and he had these big army bags. And we're just like, I sat next to him. He was like passed out. He finally woke up and I thought, who is this guy? And I was, and not said, Hey, I'm Brian. And he took his earphones off and huh? I said, I'm Brian. What are you listening to? And he goes, Oh, I'm listening to Miss Saigon. <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, I just listen to musicals. And so, I'm just like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love these people. And he's like the hardiest, sweetest person I've ever seen. He's like the Terminator who paints flowers. Like, <laughs> And that we're still really good friends with lots of people on this program. And, mm -hmm. you know, and Brian and I are still friends. Right, Brian, Brian? <laughs> what's that behind, Nikki, what's behind you? Look behind you. I think it's a ghost. Oh, okay. No, no. You know, I watched several YouTubes on. of um, people's experience here, and then and then that made me feel so safer because I'm like, nothing happens. But still, can I, can no, I give I you a little? Can I give you a little hint? Nothing's gonna happen. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 that's not, that's not my question. I'm just saying that, okay, you see somebody taking the, the bottle and then you just tap, tap, tap and say, Hey, you know, how do I mean, that's what I well, mean. Well, basically then we became friends over the couple months that we were there, you know, I see. And so we hung oh, out and there was, we'd go see bands together. Like she invited us to see Radiohead and this is in 1994. So we saw them in this yep. tiny club for their Iron Lung EP. <laughs> and changed our lives and we yeah. were very like the, we were kind of the um there's about 30 people in that group and we were the 10 or so that were not really wanting to hang out with americans we were kind of integrating into um as much as we could into the britain life you know into cambridge and tried to meet british people and stuff like that and so we really got along and well which is such an important thing is to to meet people Beyond the United States, and, uh, it's ch it changed and my life. Experience different cultures. Changed my life forever. You know, just just mm -hmm. it almost makes me feel like this should be a, a rumspringer for Americans. And I guess everywhere there should be one, but for Americans in particular, you should. And I don't care if it's just Toronto or Vancouver. You just should be forced out of your country for a while, because even like Canada, it it could just help you not other people. You know, traveling changes your life. That. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I want to get into the, the, you know, the name. And mm -hmm. again, this was kind of an, I, I had thought it meant something differently than it actually does. And it's very personal to me, you two, because my daughter is just moving into Silver Lake oh, as whoa. we speak, literally as, as we speak. Fancy pants. Um, right next to right next to the Whole, Whole Foods in Silver Lake. Oh, that's, yeah. And oh, yeah, of course. Like there, we go there all the time. So, so the, um, you know, we're going to have another alcohol-ish string to this conversation because... The Silver Sun? <laughs> yes, the Silver Sun. Uh, well, again, going, pick going back to that carnivist up. thing we were talking about, you know how it's sort of yeah. like a a word that could mean just to us means an album where people can kind of take it and mean a bunch of different things, but really we have a meaning for it. You know, we had needed a band name uh, while we were just kind of messing around because we wanted to send this tape that Nikki made it from a boombox into CMJ New York just for fun. I didn't really believe in it, but Nikki really believed in it. So we had a band name. I just thought because we live on the corner of like Silver Lake and Sunset. And I remember bands like Beachwood Sparks and, and, and bands that were, were naming themselves after areas. I just really, really liked that. And, and um, the Silverson Liquor Store was a place that we'd go pick up stuff all the time. And it was like a focal point for a lot of people who'd run in there before you'd meet them somewhere else because that's, that was like the store. And so they just called themselves Silverson Pickups. It was actually really fast. And with the idea, like, it felt like a little gang to me, like, oh, here come the pickups or something, like a little bike gang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's awesome. And, I always I always thought that it was pickup from like a guitar. Yeah, but... yeah. People have said a lot of things like old, old trucks and things like that. But really, it was just it's just a nod to this community space and community that we came from. That's honestly quite different now. You know, like it's a different kind of place. So now it feels a little it's a nostalgic lot to now. me. Honestly, now it's just us. It's it's just our name. It just exists. You know. Well, I'm sure. 
it's Silver Sun, Silver Sun, or excuse me, Silver Lake is still a cool yeah. vibe, artsy, mm-hmm. that kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, I'm going to get into, I'm going to take a quick break, guys. Oh. And then we're going to get right back into the first song okay. and the story behind the song awesome. for Lazy Eyes. So we'll be right Watch back. Behind me, Nikki. Right behind you. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm scared. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, everybody. It's Barry from the What Podcast. Hey, it's Russ. Hey, it's Brian. And we are giving away two tickets to Bonnaroo 2024. These are GA+, and they include camping. Russ, how do people get qualified? We want to hear your top artists to play on the Bonnaroo 2024 lineup. Call 423-667-7877 and tell us who we should check out. It's the What Podcast. Thanks. We have one more night of this. (laughs) Okay, we are back. (laughs) We have one more night of this, she said. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> One more night of the ghosts. I told Todd never again. <laughs> oh, come on. Although I'm sure he will. It's okay. Yeah, no. Yeah. Once I, I found out it was friendly, then I'm okay with it. I'm really disappointed in myself that I, <laughs> that I didn't like hook up some sort of like fishing wire thing or something you have like dangling. <laughs> <laughs> like in the Brady Bunch? Yeah. Just like the Brady Bunch. Well, it keeps it it keeps it interesting, <laughs> I guess, when you're on the road all the mm-hmm. time to have different experiences. So this is your experience. Yeah, Honestly, Nikki, Nikki really if cool you see a ghost, time. that's going to be life changing. Don't you think that would be amazing? Let's look, look think... forward to it. <laughs> I'll let you all know. Right. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get my so... camera out and film everything. Oh, ghosts hate cameras. Wouldn't that be amazing? Ghosts hate cameras. Famously, I mean... they hate cameras. <laughs> I like, but the, it'd be what pretty I was... amazing right now if we had it for this video. It'd be. Quite yeah. an, quite it amazing. would definitely change at least for a year what all three of us would have to talk about with people for oh, a while. No, the lights like, are that... changing. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> all right. So we're going to talk about two different songs. <laughs> Brian's levitating. Brian is, for those of you who are listening, oh, yeah, Brian sorry. was just levitating off the chair. Just a little bit. So you, you can imagine. That. Um, but so let's levitate into Lazy Eye. Okay. The, the, you know, the, the great song from your first album, mm-hmm. And your latest album is your sixth, I believe. Yeah. But I, just in your own way, because what, what I'd like to do is hopefully break some new ground into just how you feel about the song, how it came to be, like literally the first germ that came into your mind of, or the seed, the kernel, and then the process for bringing that and bringing it to life. So why don't you two walk us through that? Mm. When did you hear it? For, did you hear me playing it? Well, I think Brian would always play things because at that point we were roommates in Silver Lake. And so he would always be playing, you know, guitar riffs. So a lot of times, you know, I would just hear this song start to develop. So it was nice because at the same time, you know, I could think of like, what could I, you know, play on bass with it? So it just be, it was very nice to see a song develop right from the beginning organically. And then um, that was one of the, few songs that we recorded in our it was our, one of our first songs so we recorded in our practice space to send to cmj now that version is probably like 15 minutes long you know it's just us really slow sort of and y'all you just hear me going, it was hey, really hey, hey, hey. so it, it took us years <laughs> to actually record yeah it took us years to record anything so that song actually had so much time to just sit and marinate and develop the nice thing about this song is that it did happen so organically so we would start to just 
practice things and we'd be in, in, in the rehearsal space and we would um, like slowly develop the songs so that when we actually recorded it officially for Carnivus, we had our producer Dave Cooley come in and he kept wanting to shorten it or to like rearrange it so that it had a traditional like verse, chorus, verse, bridge. And no matter what we did, it was really, you know, it just didn't feel right. Well, like in the beginning, when I think about it, it's so linear, like a linear kind of song. And it reminds me of this sort of these like um, conveyor belt ideas that we had. So since we didn't really have a solid foundation on the, the song exactly, we built these early songs in a way that they, we could go on and on a little bit live. Tempo didn't really matter what our drummer was playing. We can kind of keep going and just feel it out. And we were really into uh, back then the, which we called like the sparkle horse kind of drums, where it, it was always to us like you take one snare away. If for like five minutes, you play the same beat and you take one snare away for a second, and it's going to feel like the most insane uh, musical dynamic instead of just having fills and things all the time. So we like hypnotic and simple and sort of layers on things. And that's sort of how we were building, not just like the songs, but a way for us to be able to play things live that we could shape as time goes on. Does that make sense? Like, Oh, I did that live over the same kind of thing. And, and lazy eye was definitely one of those. It, it's a, um, as you were saying, Nikki, it's a song that kind of, there was school, if you went to school for songwriting, it would get an F because, you know, there's no, like, I don't know where things are, what a chorus is, or we still have problems with that. If we have choruses and things, it's accidental. <laughs> <laughs> but did you know, okay, so you had this going on for, you, you, you had been working on it for a long time. Or it was just kind of a living thing. And then you brought it into the studio and you you transformed it. But as soon as you hit that final recipe of it, did you know that you had something? Like, did it feel really special at the time? Well, like I said, when we, like, originally, um, our producer, Dave, who we love, he was just trying to reshape it into a, you know, a more traditional song. And then ultimately we had a talk with him, like, I just, we're just not feeling this new version yeah. We love it the way it is. And we've lived with it for so long. And this way feels really special to us. So we ended up recording it, you know, um, so it, it doesn't, it's not, you know, linear or, you know, it just, it just does its own thing. Right. Um, which is the way that we felt it, we just felt it should be, you know, it worked better that way. So but it was always, you know, one of our favorite songs, but we never really thought of it as a single because it is, you know, kind of a long song. Yeah. It's sort of like the song that people liked at shows, but it, it just, you know, to us, we had such a soft spot for it, but we didn't think of it as, um, you know, a single. It was really interesting. There was a radio, um, a DJ that shortened it and then started playing it on the radio. And so that's the version we ended up, we ended up using um and then after that it just kind of took off but it's not something that you know we would have had have guessed would have done so well because also yeah. when we were making carnivus it everything feels like a whole like our albums like a journey we're not we don't think of things in terms of you know singles we think of it as how does it fit within the album and um but we just kind of leave that sort of thing up to you know our management or whoever wants to decide what what should be played but i like i love how everything was so organic with this song and that it kind of like took on a life of its own let's talk i want to get into the lyrics we talked a little bit about how the music came to you so that was first but lazy eye yeah i mean it was a i first time kind of writing lyrics it's such a that was the hardest part for me I, just to even being able to access that kind of writing, the the critic for me in my head was brutal. <laughs> like on everything else, it was a little okay, but for some reason writing, I found it really painful and hard. And so that song is just sort of about, uh, like I'm entering like a public 
a public arena a little bit, even though it's just like us playing shows and stuff like that. And and just trying to put all your all the things that make you feel insecure, all your little strange things. I have a lazy eye. I had surgery on it three times when I was a kid. All just the weird things that make you feel insecure. I just wanted to put them all out there and just be like, okay, I'm just going to like, this is it. Here we are. Here I am. This is how I feel. I don't feel comfortable. This is weird. Look at all you guys. You're all, I'm from upstage. I'm on stage right now. My wandering lazy eyes, mad eye moodying around the room, and everybody looks so intimately put together, so perfect. It looks so weird. Now I know none of that's true, but that is what my brain is saying, and that's what lazy eye was basically about. See again, I had no idea all this time. But I mean, it's like that's what it means to me. Uh, if, if if you hear a certain thing. And words, poems read different for people. Words have different meanings to people. I think there should always be enough space in a song for someone to insert their own experiences. And that's what I think, because that's how I relate to songs. I actually don't care that much about what they're really about. Once in a while, I find it kind of interesting, but all the songs that I've ever loved in my life, Magic from Olivia Newton-John, which is just yeah, kind of Yeah, they should be open to interpretation. I can't explain why I have such a melancholy feeling for that song. I've always had it since I was a kid. I know it's from Xanadu. She's probably singing about roller skates, but that's not what I'm getting. <laughs> you know? And so I feel like it's we're never going to be the kind of band, whether it's because we're too timid to or or because we actually don't want to that's up for i I wonder about that sometimes but we're never going to be a band that's trying to smash you over the head with the meaning of something you're going to get a general vibe clearly but it's always been important to for people to bring their own experiences into the songs and and after all these years especially with lazy eye they really have yeah i mean look it's um for many artists to not be not being so um, uh, ex- not explicit's the wrong word, but I, I know what you mean. A little yeah. bit more abstract. Some people are some people are great at it though. Like being straightforward, I always find like Jeff Tweedy. Yeah. I think Jeff Tweedy is poetic and not. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I just think some Morrissey in the early days was just so clever. Like the early Smiths, you're just like yeah, you're supposed to spit on someone. <laughs> yeah. Um, some yeah, people no, are great I, at it, but I'm not one of those people. <laughs> got it. Well, th- that's thank you for taking us in that journey behind the song. Yeah. Um, I would love to talk about it more, but I want to get into the second song too, and mm. I don't want to take up too much of your time. But we're going to take another quick five second or five <laughs> second five break, seconds. and then and if then you want, email email uh, the pod and yeah. about like your your ghost stories, and uh, <laughs> he'll answer all of them. And, and Nikki and Brian will pick their favorite ghost story and sure for, a future, for a future episode. We'll come to your house Perfect. and Nikki will sleep in your room. <laughs> and we'll be right back with Silver Sun Pickups. What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Okay, we're back with Brian and Nikki of Silver Sun Pickups and dig going into the second song, which is their new s- single from the latest album, um, Physical Thrills. Mm-hmm. And the song is, as we mentioned a couple of times now, which is perfect for today, uh, Scared Together. So mm-hmm. let's get into that. First of all, why did you pick that song to be the second song that we discussed today? Ooh, it, it seemed... Um... I think we picked two. 
really. There's a, the ones that we wanted people to hear before the album came out were Scared Together and Alone on the Hill. Because I, this record, um, uh, the experience of making it was so playful and it felt irreverent and wild and it goes into so many different kind of places that we wanted to put two songs that were very different from each other out to give you a little bit of an idea of where we're headed. Because I think that if you hear Scared Together and that's it, you might have a little false idea about where we're headed. It's going to be a, a, quite a ride if you care to join us. It'll be quite a ride. But uh, Scared Together just had, it sounds so fundamental and blocky and, 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 and uh, chunky, you know, and, and it's hard to have something that's like squawking like a talk box like that and, and moves in the slinky way to not be the obviously obvious first single, do you know? And I think thematically, I think I wanted there to be something that everybody could relate to because it's we're, we're all there too, this pandemic and the isolation and everything that goes with it and what kind of uh, brain space you live in through that whole time. And I definitely wanted to reference that when our first song after the pandemic is out and I thought Scared Together it's appropriate to ha- having it be that. like that, but also a song that's sort of as wild and bouncy. It, I, I wanted it to be almost like an acknowledgement of what was happening, but also a very playful one and not a melancholy one, like a very slinky, devilishy one, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, like I said, I've, I've followed your music from the very beginning. And that song, is. I was just rocking out to it. Talk box, baby. We got, <laughs> talk box. Talk box. <laughs> It was great. Like I it's love that talk great... box. I want to put talk box on everything. <laughs> yeah, Brian was obsessed with so, the idea using that, and it, you know, it I was obsessed. Really well. Yeah, I was obsessed with he it. He was passionate about yes. using the talk box. Tremolo. There's just like a bunch of things on this record that we would usually would shy away from. Um, we always wanted to have a little bit of all the sounds to be ambiguous, and and for you to not quite know what was going on. And on this record, we were we felt comfortable enough to have things represent what they are like have a piano sound like a piano have a whirly sound like a whirly have a instrument much more acoustic on there much more things that aren't hiding so much and in the days of computers and things like that i wanted there to be representation of things that i loved and haven't really heard much of in a long time and just this record seems to be just accessing a million different things you've loved over your whole life in, in as far as me go, I go, and I, I've never really done anything with like tremolo guitar. I really wanted to do that. And I wanted to feel like we're using an analog tremolo. Like I wanted it to be known. So this talk box thing that I had in my head for the song, it, it was important to me. And Butch really got this and Billy Bush really got this, that it sounded like we're using one. Like we, it, it has a modern take on it because of certain ways we're using it, but it, we're using a physical object, you know, it's not a program or any of that stuff. We generally don't do that stuff, but I just wanted it to feel a little like, Oh, I wanted the people who love that thing or haven't really heard it in a while or have a weird relationship with it. Go, Oh, whoa, a talk box. What a weird choice. And then people who haven't heard it to go, what is that? <laughs> and it's such a dominant part of the song. It really ties, like it's, brings it all together. It's not the most subtle. <laughs> um, but Bush, it's, Bush no, it, was very it, it, not thrilled with it at first. That surprises me a little bit, actually, because he, he's such a rocker. He had a negative experience in garbage. <laughs> he tried to use it in garbage, and he didn't like it. So he was not as excited as all of us. And he get, but he's because it's weird because he's usually open to everything. But the the thing about Butchvig that makes him so wonderful, besides being a great person, is that all of that experience and all of that knowledge he's had of making these fundamental the music changing records right um he does not sit there and feel like he's got it figured out he's not he doesn't think oh i know what i'm doing just give me the thing and i got i got my thing he is always looking to be lost. He's always to have wanderlust in music, just like he did back in the day. He's just as curious now as he was then. The tools have changed, but his curiosity hasn't, you know? 
he's, his ability to get to places is faster than it used to be, but he's still trying to get lost, trying to get wandered, trying to uncover things and, and, and wants to be confused. And we are the perfect band for him because we're always baffling each other. But you are right. The one part of adventure he didn't want to do because he did try it out was the talk box. So he set up a mil- We had basically this song that we were building and uh, we did everything. I had this baritone guitar and we were, we were doing everything in our power to, to uh, simulate this thing that I wanted to do. But we weren't putting that thing in yet. And so you could just feel it. I'm just like... Is the song just feels like there's these things orbiting a blank hole, <laughs> and you yeah, know, just- and you know what's in that <laughs> hole, right? Butch, talk box. So finally, Billy Bush got the thing, which I loved. I came back to the studio. Song has been now recorded, except for that. I walked in, and it looked like Indiana Jones staring at that idol in Raiders of the Lost Ark. The light, like before he the boulder. I mean, it was just like a light yeah. shining down on the stool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because Billy Bush is over the moon with this. He can't wait. And Butch is going to go, okay, okay, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. Hook it up, get the baritone guitar, get the tone, stick this tube in my mouth, put the mic in, and we, we go, all right, do it. And I, we start. And Butch was just like, never mind. I love it. <laughs> right, All of a sudden, awesome. he wanted me yeah. to do like 20 takes in it. He loved it until my molars were rattling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's interesting seeing you using it for the first time. So like, fun. It's fun. It was a fun well, day. That's very, very cool. And it's all, you know, you mentioned something about, well, he's still very curious. You can just get from start to finish faster, but it's kind of nice. The nostalgia of you going back to something from your earlier days too, and bringing, tying that into it and making it a little bit organic that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I think that's a beautiful thing too. I mean, everybody working with a guy like Butch is how we could even do this because he's it's things move so fast. This is our second record with him. We love him so much. We really work well together. And that's such a thrilling thing. We're we're, we're so lucky. Like it's not lost on us how, how lucky we are. Like we always sort of feel that, you know, that Butch is like a good friend of ours. And, and this person who's just so, so uniquely qualified to be making uh, any kind of art involving sonics uh-huh. um and we get to play with him um yeah very fortunate. it's pretty wild and because he's so quick and he's he's so gifted at, at getting things done fast it allows me my mind which is flying my I, i'll just things fly out of my mind and they can keep coming out and keep coming out and keep coming out and he can just catch them and we can do things and and it doesn't take that long to make something that feels really um, grand. It leaves it leaves a, a room for experimentation. Yeah. Because he's ready to capture it. We can and, improv a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So you were just saying that you have all these ideas flying around all the time. Do you do you both have? a certain songwriting style or do songs or melodies come to you at a, when you wake up at, from your night's sleep or at a certain time, or is it totally it's, random? It's just random. You gotta, have, I, I've just always had, and at this point, like I should be taking notes. I should be making lists. I should be doing these things. These are things I know that I should be doing. It'd be nothing but helpful for me down the line. But because I've been able to get away with it all the way to this point, I still won't. <laughs> I'm like, well, that album came out. Yeah. So um, it would have been easier. So I, I try to have my phone ready for voice memos at any second. I'm going to voice memo anything. Uh, I, I do. Because that's how... I got to put the, these things somewhere and then come, when they come, I have never, I never really know, you know? And I noticed that if I listen to a voice memo from two months ago and it's the exact same one that I just hummed in, or I just kind of did a, like a goofy version of it. Um, then there's something really there. I keep co- coming back to it. And eventually I just have so many that I kind of go down the line and we start focusing on them and that's how it works. And then normal times, uh, I, bring it to the band first but this time we just went right to butch and waited for them to get vaccinated so they can come meet us and just start working on a record that they haven't heard yet (laughs) so this album um and the song and the freedom that you gave yourselves to try new things sounds like it was a reaction to the pandemic 
And is that right? Yeah. That you feel that way? Uh, I would say everything is a rea- it's a reaction to just us who who we are and how we're feeling, and we're since we are alive and we have feelings, mm-hmm. the pandemic is a big part of it. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I think the only thing that I was really conscious about, as far as the pandemic went, I don't know why I felt this way because it's not like I, I felt like we get a reaction from people the way I'm. I was the way I'm sort of. Um, trying to that, that I didn't want meaning uh I didn't want it to feel like uh well they had some time so <laughs> they went in and made a record you know I just for this in this one in particular that I knew a lot of people were doing like pandemic art and things like that I wanted yeah I wanted this to feel really um like a really complete record that and it's not a pandemic record you know it was yeah. made in the pandemic and there's lots of the, uh, these things about that kind of what can happen to you or things in your mind in the record for sure but it it was more important to us to make this thing feel like this big piece of art in a way that so so we worked really hard to make it sound Cohesive, uh, very yeah. like a big cohesive record meaning there was music themes coming in and out of stuff there's little shanties like we it was just gonna if you care to listen to it from beginning to end um i wanted we wanted it to feel really um just just whatever the opposite of just like a unit, like as a piece that you listen like to. Like I read somewhere yeah. already that's They're not said, individual. Songs we, are part of a unit. Like I, I we just did an interview recently where someone said, and they were bored, so they made a record. They immediately said that. <laughs> and I thought, oh, God, that's not that's really not what happened. First of all, Nikki. That's not what we're about. Nikki that's, has two no, kids. You know I have a kid. We were just. The, yeah. I'll tell you one thing. I was not in the pandemic bored. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, busy. I, uh-huh. <laughs> I was busy. Yeah. We were busy. Yeah, and I so, think we were grateful to be able to come back together. Like once we were able to get our vaccinations in, everyone felt com- which felt comfortable to have us over. We were just like grateful to get started again. And, you know, our kids had just gone back to school. So it felt like we were ready to to start something and to get back together. So we were Yeah, and the way you mentioned that. like the dream shanties mm-hmm. um, and these motifs that come back motifs that come back reminds me of and i'll mention another one of my favorite bands manchester orchestra i was uh, um, interviewing them oh andy they're great they're like family to us he's an amazing poet you know he's amazing i think i think their music is wonderful and Mm -hmm. he was we were talking about the similar sort of theme in their their you know latest album million masks of god Mm -hmm. and how they tried, they felt, they gave themselves the freedom to bring in some of the same moments from one song and tie it into a later song. It's fun and to they do. didn't worry about repetition. They weren't afraid uh-huh. of that because some of the great songs from the beginning of time, you know, the great, the great classic orchestras and symphonies always brought motifs back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. I mean, yes. I, 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 this, the word afraid is alarming already. It's just like, if there's something you're afraid of, I mean, why would you as do far that? as like yeah what like what are you what are you can do whatever you want like you can make this right. one song the whole record i mean i, I feel like if you're it, it, not all the time but i think that if you are afraid of something then you really care about it you know like it's it, it's something that keeps coming to you it's up to you to do it or not but if for mm-hmm. some reason you actually are making a mental note to be afraid of something you're interested in it and why yeah. why what are you afraid of like what is it's provoking all, all you can know. control is how you all, all you can control is making this thing um, the best way you know how. Um, and you just want to walk away from it feeling like you gave it your all. That's all, you know? Yeah. No, that's cool. I mean, I'm going to do a quick. Oh, go ahead, Nico. No, I think for both of us growing up, like one of the albums that made it such a big impression on us was, you know, Purple Rain, and that felt like, and that made my such a <laughs> my ah. No, you in Minneapolis? But, but like we, so as big fans of that, like that was such a cohesive album, and you know, yeah, I just love the parts that intermingle together. Oh man, Purple Rain is insane. So, 
that's probably like I remember album, okay. the biggest influence, you know, on my life, uh, probably on Brian's too. Yeah, this is definitely our most, I mean, it's not a concept record at any <laughs> level, but it's as close to one as we've gotten. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Purple Rain, okay, just one little memory lane. Come on, hit me. I, the, the, those were my days. Those were, you know, kind of my salad days. And, uh, and so I remember Purple Rain was coming out. We were in line opening night. You know, I used to go to First Avenue. I live in San Diego now, but I grew up in Minneapolis. And so Prince, I of course, was love Minneapolis. Everything. I love it. Love. I love Minneapolis. I, I like to hear that. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do a quick lightning round because okay. uh, I want to get into just a quick, uh, like gut reactions to things. What's, what's the favorite, your favorite song that you've ever written? Uh, Six and Stones. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I, I That is one of my new favorites. I always, you know, I do always go back to Growing Old. That's a good I love one. that one. Sticks and Stones for some reason. Sticks and Stones. It's on this new, it's on the new yeah. record. I, when I'm playing it, I don't, I don't know how. It's been really fun. We started playing it acoustic and it's. <laughs> yeah. Fun. And I'm just like, it what? Grows. How did I do that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, for awesome. me, for me personally, I just get uh -huh. tickled with that song. It's like, I just feel like a grown up. <laughs> Yeah. And what song do you what song do you wish you had written but didn't write? Oh, uh, first thing that comes to mind, uh, Jesus, etc. By Wilco. Just because we ah. just we were just on the side stage ah, with them and so and, and watched them play and we're just again blown away by how amazing they are, how much we love them, and they play Jesus, etc. And it just brought me back into like. Um, Men's bazillion dimensions into my mind of times and places. They get and I just so, thought, what a perfect every song. Every year they get better and better. They're so incredible. That, that is, they are an American treasure. Yeah, that that was such a great album. That um, was a but, that was a profound, at least for for our uh, group of friends and stuff like that. Like Yankee Hotel Foxtrot was like you know. Okay, computer or mm -hmm. or uh, it's a wonderful life. Sparkle horse or soft Bolton. Remember those those things that just came in like bam, and then it was also the record that you know many people don't know this, but became the poster child for what's wrong with the record industry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Remember that that no, movie became that like that movie became like look yeah. at how wild this is. It got dropped from being musically adventurous. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, okay, so Nikki, I'm going to ask you this one first. Oh. If you didn't become a musician, what do you think you would be doing right now? Um, I would like to work at a museum. Ah, what kind of museum? Uh, probably modern, modern art museum. Um, I that I went to school where or when I finally graduated, I, I went to UCLA, and that was my my uh, major was history and art history, and I always had a passion for that and anything historical. So when we go to a lot of cities, I love to go to their modern art museums or any museum they have. Do you give yourself the time when you're on the road to be able to do that? I, I do usually at this, this tour in particular, I have something happened to my back, so I've been resting it, but that's usually the first thing I do is go to a, a museum. It just kind of like fills me up emotionally. It's been helpful for us all to get cultured over the years. Like that's been her thing forever. And so now it's like, it helps you get out of the bus and go see the world and mm -hmm. learn that man, a, a modern art museum in a town is such a good introduction to a town. And um, in Minneapolis, the Walker Art yeah. Center, that's one of my favorites. That's, yeah. that's oh such a gosh. good one. Yeah, for sure. Walker Art Center is a classic. The yeah. Guthrie Theater is classic. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. yeah, it's no, amazing. There's so much no stuff there. Yes, I, I love it. A promo for my hometown. Uh, and and Brian, how about you? What do you think you would be doing if you didn't pick up the guitar, start writing songs? Oh, what would I be doing? Um, I think I, he'd make a great host of something. <laughs> That's a terrible. <laughs> I'd be a host of something. Um, okay. I feel like my first job I ever wanted. When Medieval I was a, Manor. Yeah, um, I would be one of those. Yeah, maybe I would be dressed up as Spider-Man. In front of the... I'd be good at like toilet. Universal Studios or something, dressed up like... Tour guide. Like, hello, welcome. <laughs> you know what kind of wood this is? <laughs> this, hey, welcome to California. Right over there, they filmed... I love it. Oh, there's a, they're always talking about movies that no kid knows at all. And over there, Jaws 4, The Revenge, this time it's personal, is being filmed. And see these trees over here? 
That's a certain kind of tree. You know what it's made of? Hollywood. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, coming up next, uh, leave it to beavers. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so Brian, I'm going to ask you this last question first. What artist is on endless loop for you right now? Sinead O'Connor. Oh, Sinead O'Connor. Oh, yeah. Deep, deep dive into early Sinead O'Connor stuff. Um, I think because I've, I've been uh, honestly before Stranger Things kind of got gave Kate Bush this well, 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 well deserved push. I mean, that song has been one of my favorite songs my whole life. I feel like oh, completely. Um, it's it's, it's wow. never ending, and of course, everyone loves it. <laughs> of course, it's going to be. So all you got to do is let people hear it. It goes with my theory that we're we're always feel lucky to be a band that people care about at, in any level whatsoever, because I feel like there's enough old music that people haven't heard in the world that we could keep just doing that and showing that to people. And there's no need for bands like us. So we're appreciative that anybody cares, but through this whole Kate Bush dive that I went on a couple of years ago, I started eyeballing Sinead O'Connor and I didn't really know her music very well, except for what, you know, that, the big stuff and then i but i did know um put your hands on me that song that i always thought was so good so i started deep diving into her first record whoa she's so punk rock she's so good she what not not a fair shake no fair shake for that person like she was doing some stuff that seems so tame now and just sexist crazy you know stuff going on with her is unbelievable because man she's so bad she's so badass (laughs) She she's an amazing artist. Um, Straight up, line for everybody who's out there listening. You know, obviously you heard from Brian and Nikki, but "Line in the Cobra," the first album, unbelievable. It will will blow your mind. (laughs) Yeah, that this young woman at the time was able to come up with this and listen to the song "Troy." Wow, that that song, right? Like Troy. What a great record, you know. And then for that record to have come out, and then her to get so popular for the next record to be like almost Condemned. it's almost damaging. You know, it's like, of course, of course, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Putting her on, mm-hmm. you're going to put her on sound at live with Andrew Dice Clay. Like, <laughs> what are we talking yeah. about? Like, yeah. like I, I love that. I love doing deep dives. I mean, I went into like a Pink Floyd realm a year or two ago where she's like, I, I didn't really know dark side of the moon. Like I, the myths and stuff, the Wizard of Oz, all my stoner friends when I was a kid. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as an adult, I'm like, oh, these really just these good. guys coming yeah. together and making these weird songs, just hearing what they came up with just blows my mind. <laughs> like I love yeah. metal, no apps, and all those records. Huge Pink Floyd fan, yeah, um, for sure. So good, and right? <laughs> one one other album, and I'm sure you love it. And then Nikki, I want to ask you. Um, Universal Mother is such a great album from Sinead O'Connor yeah. too, which is very peaceful. It's yeah. very understated, yeah, but beautiful, haunting lyrics, just amazing. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me of like um, I, I, I love that record is really great. And if you ever do like a PJ Harvey dive, I'm a big PJ Harvey fan too, and she has a record called White Chalk that is probably about 2008, and it's just her playing piano and very soft songs and, and it's so stunning. And Nikki, how about you? What are you listening to? I mean, speaking speak? of Prince, I, it's been so nice because I've been playing um, Purple Rain for my daughters now because of um, they saw Sing 2 and loved it. I'm like, well, listen to the whole album then. If is, you, it, is it in Sing 2? It's in Sing 2, yeah. Wow. Which one, darling Nikki? that would be that would be i was so excited uh... to have a song that had my name in it but i didn't really understand the lyrics your mom's like oh cool let me hear this (laughs) (laughs) but i remember the day we bought that at the mall that album it was like you know definitely changed my life so and i was so happy that to to share it with my daughters now and have it you know have them love it too Purple Rain's gonna crush forever. Forever. That record. It's just like from beginning to end. It's like it's psychedelic. It's a heavy metal. It's <laughs> you know? It's his just most insane yeah. record. Such an incredible it just is. guitar player. It's it's trans yeah, amazing. Transcends amazing. some and of that stuff that he's been doing. Like that record in particular just goes 
for it. It just uh, a couple episodes ago, I had Sheila E on. Oh, you did? And, what? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. How was yeah. that? It was awesome. Wow. It was. She's. I, I know her pretty well. She's amazing. She's an incredible person. And Ero- to City. hear her and and the to hear the genesis of of her music and how it came to be and the confidence that he had in her and gave yeah. to her. So that was beautiful. But I, that's cool. The man. two of you, the two of you are. Let me tell you something. I'm really you. You seem like such wonderful, humble people, and an amazing band that true true artists in every sense of the word. And it, it really was very much a pleasure to have you on. Thank I you. can't wait to hear all of physical thrills. Sorry about the all the ghosty song, stuff, the, the troubles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> we normally don't talk about ghosty. Sorry about stuff. all. No, no. Sorry about all the technical ghosty, ghosty stuff. Uh, it's it's authentic. Um, I'll see you guys again in San Diego. We're oh, excited so to see you to down that. in San Diego. Great, but we'll see you thank you so much. Pleasure, so, friend. It was a pleasure. Okay, bye. Whoa. <laughs> That was Brian O'Bear and Nikki Moninger of the great band Silver Sun Pickups sharing the story behind the band's breakout epic song, Lazy Eye. I'm your host, Peter Chotty. You can follow me on Twitter at P Chotty. That's P C like cat, S like Sam, A like Apple, T like Tom, H like Harry, Y, and at Creative Media. That's creativemedia.biz. For more of the story behind the song, make sure you like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And tune in on the third Monday of every month for new episodes. Also, make sure you're following the Consequence Podcast Network to keep up to date with all our series at consequence.net forward slash consequence dash podcast dash network. And as always, thanks for listening to the story behind the song.